Welcome. You're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Hello world, Shelley Shearer here and welcome to the show. I am so glad you could join me today. It is a gorgeous sunny day here in Vancouver, British Columbia and needless to say it has my mood up. Uh, you actually have to be careful out there. I had to go put on a t-shirt and then I realized I have no sunscreen on and my arms all turned pink like in about 15 minutes. It is lovely. And this past weekend, we actually went away. And so despite all this fear and nonsense the media is regurgitating over and over again with the same nonsense, uh, we have a vacation home in our family up there. It's an old place and it really needs some updates as far as furniture and and such and, and a big cleanup. My mom's a bit of a, unfortunately, as she got older, became a real hoarder and it's just trips to the dump constantly which was open up there, which I was quite surprised. But you know, we still are maintaining physical distance from people. I've been quarantined for a month. Uh, my husband goes out and does the grocery shopping. If I have to go out, he's got me in a mask because I have uh, asthma. And you know, we've been very, very careful and we've done it very easily. And I've mentioned this many times, how grateful I am that, you know, we live on a bit of acreage we live on half an acre. And other people, you know, are in, in apartments and such like that. So we are we are very, very lucky. Plus, we're all still working. So this change of pace just to get away was really welcome. But you can't post any of this on Instagram or Facebook because the judgy people out there are frightening. And I hope as my listeners, you are not those people. My listeners are open-minded, willing to learn, and looking for new ways of looking at the world. And we're going to talk about that today, about reframing your life. Uh, however, those other people are out there. There's a lot of people out there living in just absolute fear and the media is just feeding that fear every day. Real data and information is not getting to where it needs to be. It's not out in the open airwaves and you really do have to pay attention to what's happening in behind the scenes. The people that are governments and, and big companies that are taking huge advantage of this situation. There's a lot of people that believe the markets were, you know, we were about to crash, that we had sort of expanded ourselves beyond our ability to sustain. And I have to fully agree with that. Uh, and we needed a reset, but there's a lot of abuse and misinformation out there. So really pay attention. Whatever you hear, see, talk about grain of salt, do a little research, just put it through the litmus test. Does this make common sense to you? Like I live in Canada. And we're being told to stay in our homes. And quite honestly, people are taking it very seriously, a lot of people. And yet there's a lot of hypocrisy going on by the government where, you know, certain people don't, agencies don't have to follow these guidelines. The prime minister goes out to his cabin for the weekend after telling everyone to stay home. I mean, I have no problem with him doing that, but it's hypocritical to what he was telling our country to do. Uh, we're supposed to, no one can go to work but planes are still arriving in my airports with people from other countries and they're not even being put in quarantine and they're not being tested. So these are the types of things that I want you to question because these types of pandemics can be controlled when everyone's on the same page. 
but when certain groups have their own agenda or they're trying to hide stuff from you as a general public, really, you've got to kind of use your common sense and intelligence to filter through all the noise and find the truth. And that truth needs to be the truth for you as well. Okay. So just think those things through, but in this time of, you know, this is crazy. I'm in my mid fifties. So I have, you know, been a child in the, in, in the cold war. I have seen three recessions. I've seen nine 11. I have weathered them all. I have an extreme amount of faith. And although probably the worst time in my life, other than just, you know, drama of being super young and getting your heart broken and, and losing a marriage and things like that, in my, in my twenties, getting sick with fibromyalgia was the biggest thing that caused fear in my life. Cause I've always believed that money will come. I've never not worked since I was 15. If I want a job, I will get a job. I am well-spoken. I have a skill set, And then later with my accounting, I have the ability to work. Even if I'm being, you know, working in something right now with the jobs are scarce and people are being underpaid, I still work. And I have complete and utter faith in that belief system of myself. Okay. So my biggest fear when I got sick, that was the only time I truly lived in, in fear, which was way greater than I'm feeling right now. I am not living in fear right now. In fact, with some of the nonsense going on, I'm getting a little frustrated. I'm not going to lie, but each and every time these things happen, I put new habits in place and I have to maybe open up, excuse me, my train of thought or my way of thinking and reframe things. And that is not a bad thing. So I have been on these courses from 11 o'clock to 12 o'clock every day now on our third week with uh, Colin Sprake from Make Your Mark. He brings on some of the, some of the, just the best speakers. Today was the gentleman from The Secret and he was fabulously just positive, you know, talking about how you attract and your brain waves, things like that. And living in fear is such a low vibration. I've talked about this a lot in the last couple of weeks on the podcast. So he's like, where's the opportunities? And I've, I've been speaking about that and I've put it on the Instagram page and you know, opportunities. Are you looking for ways to expand or are you hiding out? Now, all of that is a choice and you have the right to do whichever you want to do. But the world is going to come out of the other side of this changed forever. And the question is, are we going to let some of the abusers of that power that tried to control us and tell us what we could do while they were off doing their own thing, crashing economies, uh, you know, big pharma's all involved. You got to pay attention to the facts guys. Do we want to like buy into all that? Or do we want to say, Hey, we were doing some things wrong here. Let's see if we can prove upon it in an, in this next round. The biggest thing I want you to understand when we talk about reframing your life is this will happen again. So if there's one thing you can take out of this is the understanding that this is not a one-off. The hard part with some of the younger generation right now is you guys have never seen true war. You've never been in the marketplace with houses and jobs uh, already. Cause you're just, some of you are just into that first phase of your life. So you haven't been through one before where you were affected, where your stock portfolio declined and your house loses value and you lose your job. This could, is a first for a lot of young adults. Where for those of us in our middle age, this is, you know, just another rodeo. 
And although I have a lot of people my age that live in a lot of fear, there are also people that are quite honestly that, you know, they're in my life, fair enough, but they're not the influencers in my life. They're, they're people that live in a lot of fear, a lot of worry, very narrow minded, have not grown a lot in their lives. All of us have people like that with us in our lives. Some of them are even family. You need to accept that, wish them well, but walk away. Do not buy into all of that. Okay. You need to make decisions for yourself. And some of these decisions I'm hoping, and these awarenesses will change how people vote, uh, how they, what they demand of their governments, what they demand of themselves. There's most people in this generation that do not have a year's salary put away. You, that's going to become something I think that'll be a little bit more normal for most people in the developed countries. I know that I have listeners all around the world and even in third world countries. And thank you. I'm so grateful that you listen. But there are still things that need to be put in place. My dad used to call it the rainy day fund when I was growing up. And I never grew up without a rainy day fund. My dad was a saver. He was fantastic with money. It's amazing actually when I look back on a single family. He has a grade nine education. One income, my mom never worked. She was a housewife her whole life. And we owned a house. And as things got better, we had vacation ho- uh, vacations and motorhomes and Disneyland. Now, we, until we were much older in our lives, like our teen, later teen years, did we ever get on a plane and go to Hawaii. But we had motorcycles and dirt bikes, uh, um, same thing, sorry, snowmobiles. We had a lot of fun. Boats, fishing, water skiing. I grew up with all of that. And I look at it now, when I was raising my son, who's now a grown adult and has a child of his own, I remember getting a Sea-Doo. And I got it because I was a single mom. I could tow it behind my car. And I enrolled with this group of people called the Sea Riders so that I could go out and do things that I would never do on my own. Like I did not feel comfortable going camping uh, alone with just a small child. You know, things can happen. I certainly wasn't prepared to uh, buy a truck and haul a trailer. My income didn't allow for that. So the Sea-Doo was perfect. And I enjoyed that for a number of years. But those are the things I grew up with. And I remember when I had to do it, I was thinking, how in the world did they do this? Now, granted, I know you're, there's people saying well, housing prices weren't what they are today. That's true. But my parents actually bought a house when the interest was 21%. And we can't survive when it's 3%. So think about it, okay? There's always going to be the exception or the, you know, that happened as well. Uh, just a little segue, I heard a fantastic stat the other day by one of the guest speakers who is 87, and I'm trying to think which gentleman he was. I'm sorry, he's left my brain for a second. Hopefully he'll come back. He is a, an author and such. And he was saying how in the Great Depression and going into World War II, uh, so what, there, uh, polio? No. There was a virus in that area. Come on, Shelly, it's right there. They closed movie theaters for two years. Two years people couldn't go to the theater. Measles. It's right there, guys. It'll come to me hopefully before the end of the podcast. If you know what it is, leave a comment. Um, Those are things that actually are not taught in school. I did not know that. I mean, I, I thought I knew a lot about the Depression. I thought I knew a lot about World War II. I'm a history and literature buff. So in high, in high school and even grade school, I love learning about history. It's, it's actually a thing I love, which is why I like to travel. I like to learn about the history of a place. I love old architecture, those types of things. Just, you know, what went on in that area? And I also believe we learn from the past. So we don't repeat the same mistakes. However, we just keep doing it. So it's kind of frustrating. But these are why we go through these times so that we can learn 
So how about we learn and then maybe the universe and the earth won't have to keep teaching us the same lessons. So when I talk about reframing your life, did you walk into this pandemic overextended, half a dozen credit cards in your pocket, no rainy day fund, living paycheck to paycheck, uh, hadn't learned to cook, you know, just busy, just living busy all the time. You're going to be the people I think that are going to be, are finding it the hardest right now because that busyness is all just taken away from you right away. Whereas I got sick and I spent five years learning to be like I need to be right now. This pandemic really has changed very little in my life other than my husband's and my social life, the actual getting together with people. We are not people that eat out restaurants very often unless we're vacationing. We are losing our vacation this year. Probably a good thing our budget actually was couldn't really handle it this year. So actually it kind of worked out good, I think. <laughs> it's just my opinion. Keith probably doesn't agree, but I do. Um, it's really giving me a chance to slow down, giving me a chance to reprioritize a few things that I've really let slide. I canceled a credit card today. Now, the credit card, I don't keep balances on credit cards, so the $99 was just, why am I paying that? It's a, it's a third card in my business I don't really need. I have it because it's Alaska Airlines, but it's MBNA, which I have never been a fan of for 25 years because in any credit card, they're always the highest interest rate. And their interest rate now is 29%. That's appalling. So there's a part of me that my finance side that says, why would I even support a company that rapes and pillages people's inability to budget like that? Like, I, if interest rates at the bank are 3%, why is a credit card at 29? Highest in history while the interest rates are the lowest in history. You need to think about these things. I was paying a credit card the other day and it had a balance of like $347. It was almost nothing because it's, it's the backup card for my business. And there was a little saying on it that said, if you pay the minimum balance on this amount, it will take you three years to pay this off. Three years to pay off $347. Do you know the interest you will pay? Those $300 worth of purchases will cost you close to $1,000 when you're done. And then there's all these point cards and expensive cards we all have and multiples of them. Do you really need those? If you're leaving balances on credit cards, and I put this on the Genesis Financial, because I still keep that Facebook um, page a little bit updated, guys, even though you know it's my old business. It's just I have the knowledge and I, I have some of the insights, so I still post things there every now and then if you're looking for some of this kind of stuff or need some information, reach out to me at, uh, on Facebook at Genesis Financial. Genesis is with a Y, by the way. And we get the, all these point cards, but we pay so much in the interest in the fees on these cards. What if you just had a 13% card for the times that you do on occasion carry a balance that has no annual fee, earns no points, and just paid it off? You would be able to afford the things that those points are buying you yourself. So we really need to reframe how we're thinking about a lot of things. I hope you really, one of my big pet peeves is the fact that, you know, hundreds of thousands of people die every year from the flu and billions of dollars are lost in lost work because people go to work sick. I really hope that out of this, people learn to manage their money better, have an expectation of how their money is, is dealt with better from like their investments and such and quit buying into all the nonsense. And thirdly, that they take more personal responsibility for how they're affecting other people's lives. 
not just their own. If you're sick, the only person you're impacting by going to work sick is other people. Wear the mask, disinfect, stay in your office, or just work from home. There's no excuse anymore for people to say we can't work from home. Guess what? The whole world's working from home right now. It works just fine. And businesses, if you've got a company that just doesn't buy into this, then you might need to look for a new job. I know that's a little radical, but you know what I'm saying? I hope you know what I'm saying. The fact of the matter is there's always another way. There is a better way and we need to discover it. So let's talk about reframing your life. These are all things that you, I literally want you to visualize something for me right now. I want you to visualize your standing, which I am by the way, right now podcasting, and you're holding a picture frame in your hand. Maybe one that's about, I don't know, three feet by two feet. So your hands are out and you're just turning it left and right in front of your face, up and down and just, you're positioning it in front of yourself. That's how I want you, even go to the left, the right, over your head, look down at the ground, you tend to, we tend to as human beings, look through the frame. It's our point of reference. It's our filter. But you need to move that frame around. Open it up. Take a different view of what's going on around you and in the world. This is, whenever, you can go back through history, and I, I heard this with a, a, a talk the other day, and it was fantastic, because I'd forgotten this point, and I should have brought it up to my listeners earlier. Most inventions are not made to, are not created for the sake of money. They're created to solve a problem. So every time the world goes through something like this, this is when creative people, inventors are out there going, I can create a better mousetrap. I got this covered. That's the line of thinking, the way of thinking, the reframing that I want you to consider in your own life. So much comes out of times like this, but the reason only a few people succeed and do better is because the rest of us are standing back going, oh, that's not for me, I can't do that. Who says? You don't need to be the smartest person on the block, even in the room. You just need to be willing. You need to be willing to change your frame of reference. You need to be willing to reframe your life. You need to be willing to change and look for opportunities, look outside the box. And for the love of all that's holy, you need to keep quit thinking that you aren't enough. Like I said, it has been proven since the days of Napoleon Hill and even before, it is not the smartest person in the room that succeeds. I struggle with that for years and my girlfriends, my closest friends know because I don't have a university degree. I have certificates and lots of education, but I never finished university. I burnt out and I have girlfriends and friends that have multiple degrees. I always felt less, always. And it took years to build on that confidence. And now I, I, I just don't. When I look around the world around me, I actually go, oh my gosh, I have a lot of wisdom here that a lot of people need. <laughs> I have a way of looking at the world and of changing and creating habits and opening up people's minds and helping people through, uh, which is why I coach, through tough times and to grow. And I'm so grateful I get to do that for a living. But I spent 20 years thinking I wasn't enough. I did well. And I knew I was good at what I did with the accounting business. I know I have a lot of good energy. I know that I can sell, you know, snow to an Eskimo as the expression goes, but you know, business to business came very easy for me because I like people and I like to help them gift of service. That's really all this was gift of knowledge, gift of service put together with a gift of hospitality. I'm out there. I've worked trade shows for clients and friends that I don't know a thing about 
their line of work and I'll walk right into a trade booth and sell my pants off. Because just because of the gifts that I have and how I use them. What took me so long was recognizing that those gifts had value. That's what took me 20 years. Not the education on the piece of paper. In fact, I actually do not have a coaching degree, folks, just so you know, I do not. Do I have an education? Yeah, $50,000 coaching education. But I don't have a little piece of paper that hangs, hangs, hangs on my wall. I don't with my accounting either. It's, it's just these things should not be holding you back. They do not make you less. They do not make you unable. The only thing stopping you is you. That six inches between your temples, your brain has so much power that you've allowed it to have so much power to accomplish nothing. When you could train it, open it up, build new habits, spend a hundred days doing something and build new neural pathways, build new skill sets. You can, can, you can do anything. I truly believe that you can pretty much do anything. Now at 54 fibro, am I going to run the Boston marathon? No, I'm not. It's nothing I want to do anyway. So why would I bother? But there is still a lot that we can all accomplish if you put your mind to it. The four minute mile, have I got that right? That was broken because it doesn't matter how many times someone told that runner what couldn't be done, whose name, I'm terrible with names, guys, sorry. Couldn't be done. He didn't believe that. And the second he broke the record, three people in the same year broke it after him. It only took one runner to say, I don't believe that limiting belief. I don't want you believing that about yourself either. So after my trip to Penticton where I was playing around with all this old artwork and I even had an aunt that painted those big gaudy oil paintings, you know, of the ocean and, and the, uh, and the mountains and the streams that are heavy and dark and thick. I can't say she was that great of an artist, but my mom kept them all and out of, and out of, um, nostalgia, I keep them all and I just hang them in the basement downstairs in the house and then bring up my own artwork for upstairs where we're living. So the place looks a little more modern, but you know, there's just an emotional attachment there. Someone put their love and heart into that. And I knew my aunt quite well. So, you know what? I'm not throwing those away. I might throw some of the warped prints away. Those frames can go that my mother's picked up at the, at the Salvation Army for a dollar. They're going right back to the, to the, um, to the Sally Ann when, uh, when the store's all open again. I didn't throw anything in the dump, in the landfill. We put everything out on the curb. And we've learned in the last three years since we've been in Penticton uh, dealing with this house that unless it's absolutely broken or ruined or we've been embarrassed by someone taking it, we put it out on the curb because someone might not have what I have. So I don't judge. I don't say, hey, well, I wouldn't put that in my house and so no one else will either. No, that is better off in someone's basement, garage, backyard for their kids, camping stuff, whatever, than it is in the landfill. So yeah, we put it out and it's always gone within, within a few hours. And then if it's there the next day, we take it away so the neighbors aren't bothered. So these are the types of things that, you know, you can do. It's, it's repurpose. Your life is no different. Keep an open mind. Don't judge and reframe your perspective. You will be surprised how far it'll take you. Have a great day, everyone. And I'll catch you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com. You can also join the discussion on Twitter at livingwellwithshell.com.
and Instagram at www.instagram.com slash livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through shelley at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan. <laughs>